Welcome to Coast to Coast, an NBA podcast by the fans, for the fans. My name is Chris, and hosting with me is my guy, Ronan. Tune in every week as we dive into the hottest content and emerging rumors across the league. Dodgers pulls off three-pointer. Bang! Bang! It's good! Dodgers wins the game at the buzzer! Don't miss a beat. Whether it's a star on the move or the Knicks acquiring another forward, we got you covered. Zion for four for four! Welcome to the NBA! The game is constantly evolving, and whether it's by the eye test or advanced stats, we'll give you the analysis you need to take your fandom to the next level. Here's Davis, 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good! Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers! Sit back and relax. Coast to Coast starts now. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Coast to Coast. I'm Ron Game, and joining me is my co-host, Christian Nambu. What's up, man? What's up, man? How's it going across the pond here? I'm excited. Are you pumped? Oh, man. I've been looking forward to this now for a while. I just, uh, just can't wait to get right into it and make, make, this, uh, make this the new home of NBA coverage for, for, for our new legion of fans. So this is the eve of the NBA starting. We got the podcast starting tonight, and we already got games tomorrow. I can't believe I feel like the championship was literally like a week ago, and <laughs> we got some excitement for tomorrow. We got Rockets, Bulls, we got Magic Hawks, Knicks, Pistons, Kings, Trailblazers, and the Battle of L.A. We got the Clippers and the Lakers facing off. Yeah, man. I mean, the only, the only, some, some, some downside just coming out of that, that, uh, that AD and LeBron aren't going to be playing. But uh, hopefully, hopefully the Clippers will have, uh, will have their full outfit on the court. So we'll get, we'll get to see some, some of the talent. But, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's great to have basketball back on our screens again. Yeah, I feel like we're not going to see a lot of uh, LeBron this year. He's going to be he's going to be ducking as many games as he can. A lot of DNPs from him, I think. Yeah, well, it's about time. I mean, they all the all the kind of the greats uh, when they get into their older age, they usually they look to try and do that. Look at I mean, look at Kawhi Leonard. But uh, I think it's uh, probably probably about time that LeBron kind of started doing that. So we're talking about the Clippers. Um, just a little piece of news here. We want to talk about little brother there and. What's been going through the news is not just that the Clippers, their teammates are not really big fans of PG and Kawhi right now, not fans of the preferential treatment, not really fans of how the way the season ended. You see all these grumblings from guys like Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell. Now we're going to cap off that early week news there with the news that just broke today, that big contract that Paul George gets. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh man, it's uh, it's kind of, it's it's almost a bit unbelievable when you think of everything that's come out and everything that happened last year. So it's it's going to be a, a four-year contract worth 190 million dollars. That's on top of the 35 million he's already got guaranteed for this next season, and then with a player option come 2024, 2025. I mean. It's it's unbelievable money for 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 PG thirteen, and and it's a real it's a, it's a statement from LA. I mean, Paul George, 30 years old, there was a lot of rumors that they were going to look to move him on and bring in another star alongside Kawhi. But now they've, they've come out with this. They've offered him the contract. And they've said, this is, this is our guy. This is the way our team is going to be built around Kawhi and Paul George. And we are going to stick with this team to make sure that we win a championship over these, over these next three, four years. I mean, it's, that, that's like, 
I mean, that's that's a Kevin Durant contract. That's a LeBron James contract. And let, let's talk about Paul George real quick. Let's, let's talk about playoff P, right? 2018 and 19, we saw the actual playoff P got put out by Lillard. He ended the OKC Thunder, and he did have a great year that year. Played a little bit like you saw bits and pieces of, I mean, MVP Kevin Durant. That's how he well he was playing a couple years back. Fast forward to this season, though. I mean, this was just not an impressive season for Paul George. Like, playoffs, terrible. Regular season, he was all right. Like, I, I, I just don't – I mean, I understand the contract because you have to do it. I mean, you don't, you don't let go of him. You can't lose the guy that you traded everything for and that you put this whole thing together for. But, man, this, this is just another – this is – it feels like a, a, a little brother move. feels like a small market team making a move to keep their star. This is a crazy number for me. Yeah, no, that, that, that's something I definitely agree with. I mean, it's, it's kind of understandable when you really think about it for the Clippers to make be making a, a, small, a small market move. Obviously, LA is a huge market, but uh, the Clippers are, are, are not uh, used to being on the, on the top end of that. And it's just a question of what are they going to be like if this happens, if what happened in 2019-20 happens again this season. I mean, they're going to just say, okay, we'll just we'll, we'll try it for the third year. I mean, giving him this contract is going to make it tough for them to offload him. I mean, it's such a massive contract for any team to have to pick up. And I think the, the way the move that they, they've made this move, I mean, they're, they're, I think they're kind of stuck with him, not – I say that like this is a this is a washed up talent. Like Paul George is still a very talented player, but I mean this this could be something that 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 uh, proves to be um, the Clippers digging themselves a large hole that's not gonna that's not gonna bring back too much benefit. Yeah, you talk you talk about talent. I mean, we're gonna talk about all PG has all the talent in the world. I mean that this guy is your prototypical three and D wing, and the problem is is that for what is it a total of. 226 million he's going to get in this whole contract. You're paying 226 million for a guy who's basically a upgraded version of Marcus Morris at this point. I mean, the, the guy, the guy shot barely 40%. He shot 39.8% from the field in the playoffs, shot 33% from three. I mean, the, the guy disappeared in every key moment in those games against the Nuggets. I mean, my question is, though, if he flops again this year, I didn't see Kawhi Leonard sign an extension. What, what, what are they going to do with that? I, I, don't, I don't think Kawhi Leonard doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to be patient if he's, if he's looking for rings. If this is another bad year from PG, if they get rid of Lou Williams, they don't have Trez, maybe Serge Ibaka. Get, this, is, this is a really uh, – this is another team. It's, it's so interesting. Going from last year where there's a lot of teams where – there's a lot of hopeful question marks. You had so many teams like the Rockets who look with what's happening over there. They're blowing it up already. And now you have the Clippers. They felt very short of expectations this year. Roster's already looking a little different. What if Kawhi doesn't even stay next year? That's, it's a very real possibility. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. As, as in this, this, this contract could, could just be putting the Clippers in a, in a massive hole that they're not going to get the benefit from. But I mean, you got to take the chance. They've made this move. They've given up. They gave up so much. I mean, Kawhi put them to ransom to go out and get Paul Jordan. The amount they gave up, I mean, they kind of had to commit to him. 
So yeah. it's not that surprising that it's happened, but yeah, uh, it's going to be a very interesting off season next year. Obviously, depending on what happens. I mean, for all we know, the the Clippers come come out firing. Tyron Lue could could uh, be the be the be the guy to bring it all together and get them a championship. But you know, who knows? Um, yeah. Look at look at these quotes though. I want to I know what you think about this. Um, a lot of complaining, in my opinion, from a guy who who used to be humble, quiet star in the Pacers, fight, fighting with LeBron in the East. I think he had a, a really good year in the Thunder, and I, I just think this this personality is coming out of him that that I haven't personally noticed before. With this kind of excuse maker, complainer for a guy who's making a lot of money to be not playing as well as he did. You saw he talked about Doc Rivers saying that he was not being used correctly. He was being used like Ray Allen and J.J. Redick on all these pin downs. And he's like, oh, I, I need a little bit more action. I need to get in the flow. I need the ball more, a little pick and roll. Um, but I don't know if he's heard of, of stats, but his usage, his on-ball usage was quite literally the same. I mean, he, you, you also signed up to play next to Kawhi Leonard, who I don't know if you knew this, but he kind of needs the ball too. So I don't really know what he's talking about there. And then I'm I'm looking back, and he also had this comment back in August when when he's struggling against the Mavericks, and he's like, I'm going through a tough time. Shot making, scoring is not what I do. I try to do everything, blah, 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 blah. And, like, I, I, I really lost a lot of respect for for this guy, who I, I had huge praise for him back when in his Thunder days. But I, I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of this contract. I think I'm not really a big fan of Paul George at this point, and – We'll see where this goes, but this could be an interesting situation for the Clippers in uh, in a year from now. Uh, yeah, well, uh, obviously, it's just kind of what happens when you, when you develop into the league. I mean, when he was at the Pacers, he was just the guy, and he was everything, and he was the, he was the good guy. He was the t- the talented baller. Then he made the slight step up, but he went goes to OKC. Uh, obviously, he's playing with Russell Westbrook. And you kind of there's a bit more pressure on you. He's again, he had another couple of good years. One where he was right up there in MVP talk, and then he get they give up everything. I mean, Every- like they gave up so much to LA to get him, and I just don't think he was used to the pressure that's going to come. The media, the media are going to scrutinize everything you do, and if you're not up to the task, they're going to destroy you. And if you want to be the best, you want to be in a championship winning team, you've got to be able to deal with that and not just come out and make excuses. You've got to show it on the court. Yep. And uh, speaking of showing up on the court, one guy who's definitely not doing that right now is our guy, James Harden. Harden's coming fresh off of his USA COVID tour. He's hitting up all the nightlife. It's no masks, just vibes. You saw him in the ice ball. You know what the ice ball is? I didn't know what the ice ball was. Don't know you what it's so it's it's this it's this uh I mean it's I, I don't I don't even know how to describe it for uh for the people listening out there, but essentially all the celebrities get together, all the rappers, all the famous people, and it's uh it's basically a Yankee swap of a of a very expensive jewelry. So he shows up to little baby's uh, birthday party, the, the ice ball, gives him a hundred thousand dollars in jewelry, just having a good time out there. <laughs> and he wasn't done there. Hits up Vegas right after, and this is all while training camp is starting. <laughs> you, you got you got his guys gearing up for training camp, attending the media, and meanwhile, dude's getting blasted out in uh out in Vegas. Well, what, what's your take on all this? Maybe he's just letting loose, blowing off a little steam. 
tough season. Yeah, maybe. He I mean, he's, 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 he, 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 a lot of pressure on this guy. I mean, he, he, uh, he obviously runs out. He commits, he commits to uh, being one of the best players in the league, and that takes a lot of pressure. So yeah, maybe just blowing off a little, little bit of steam. But let's let's kind of break down how things are going. I mean, you look at look at what Harden is basically saying. Harden wants a trade to a contender. Houston now, after looking like they had no interest in moving him, now they're kind of coming out and they're kind of like, we would be willing to engage in talks, but we don't believe that any teams have the star slash picks that we want for him. So there's no point to be even engaging. And then you go back to Harden, and now when at first it was a one trade to contender, now every day he just seems to add new teams to the list that he wants to move to, and it kind of is more so he just wants a, a trade to any team with a star. And then for the most part, none of those teams are going to be able to come up with anything close to what the Rockets want for him. So, I mean, he's got a, it's, it, they're in a tough spot, but I think the best thing for Houston, looking at it from the outside, it would be to find a team. I would probably look at Philly and make a trade with them. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's, yeah, you're right, man. He's, he's really, he's really pushing for it. And, and what the phrase that the Rockets management used is we're willing to get uncomfortable. And I'm just trying to think about, I think this is quite literally the most uncomfortable as an organization, as you can get, because you're right, man. Like the, they can't. They can't do anything. I mean, what, what are they going to do? Find him? What are they going to do? Reprimand him? The guy that you're trying to keep there? I mean, Harden's doing everything he can right now. I mean, he's kind of sabotaging himself in a way. Like, if if the Rockets need to make a move, it's got to it's got to be with the team that he's going to stay with. And there's not a lot of teams like that. And he comes back to training camp, and then that, that's when he drops. He, he drops this nice little updated list of teams he wants to go to. He said the 76ers, I think the Nets are still on it. But I, you, you heard from uh, Daryl Morey himself that he's not moving Simmons. He's not moving Embiid. And I don't think, I don't think any team right now is really going to push to trade for this guy at this point. His value is only going to go down as the season goes on. Yeah, and uh, I think kind of the biggest thing is most teams looking at it are kind of – wary that he could go into free agency in 2022 i think that's that's a big thing too especially for for some of the smaller teams that may be thinking we can add this superstar and that will put us onto contention level i mean you look like someone maybe like the nuggets that they wanted to make a move for him i like that Uh, yeah so if they were if they were one of the teams to make a move i mean they would definitely they would definitely be uh a much more impressive outfit and have one of the top offenses in, in the league. But I think you would still just be so worried about giving up so much and knowing that he could just easily go and leave in free agency in 2022. So that, that's, that's, I mean, that's the thing, right? 2022. I mean, that's, that's sooner than, than you think it is. Um, make, making a championship run is kind of like, is the goal if you get a guy like Harding because you know if you're going to lose him or not. Now, that's the game you're playing with these superstars. So if you're the Nuggets, do you give up Michael Porter Jr. for that? Yeah, that's, 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 that's the thing. I mean, you look at a trade for them, you think maybe someone like, someone like Barton, Gary Harris, and then Porter Jr. would be kind of the icing on the cake and then a couple of first-round picks. I mean... Oh, yeah. It would be... 
it would it would it could very easily be so so worth it and be such a genius move from them but at the same time they could get a couple of years where maybe they kind of push on a little bit and then he leaves 2022 they lost Michael Porter Jr's cup becoming the star that they thought he was going to be in Houston and they've lost him and they haven't really got anything out of it so it like a nuggets, it's kind of a move that I, I I would be interested in seeing. I think it it might be worth the risk, but at the same time, it's it's a big decision for them. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. is a very talented player, and I think he, he he's a big big guy to give up. Here's one the the maybe the the Rockets look at and they pause. The Warriors come to you and they say, Wiggins, Looney, Wiseman, and. 2021 Wolves pick and a couple of picks from the Warriors. I think I'd say yes. Really? You would? Yeah. I think. You're that I high think on Wiseman. Hmm. Yeah, that I think I. I think he he could be that that talented a player, and I think just. For the sake of the Rockets and the fact that they'd be getting a number of first-round picks and they'd be getting a former number one pick as well as a guy who could become a, a serious superstar in this league, I mean, maybe it's just time to, to cut ties and, and, and accept, not, not moving towards a rebuild per se, but just kind of... Uh, reorganizing the roster and maybe kind of taking a year or two to develop some young players and then have another go at it with a, with, with a, with a new look team. I, I think that would be, I think that'd be a, a good move for both teams. And really, in my opinion. In a, in a year where you lose Clay Thompson and then you turn around and you turn it into James Harden and Steph Curry, that would be a good one. The, the league would lose their, their collective mind over that. Here's another one. <laughs> Timberwolves, D'Angelo Russell, Culver, Okogie, Anthony Edwards, no picks. I think good move for Houston, bad move for Minnesota. They want to make the playoffs, man. I know, I know they, they do. do not, but they I, do I, not I, want to be drafting. They, I think they barely I, wanted to get D'Lo. That was all for uh, – Carl Anthony Towns, and he's a guy that I really believe. Carl Anthony Towns is a guy I really believe in. I I I think that the team that they have now, I think, and I think Cat's going to come back. Hopefully, he can come back with with his head in the game, and he can push that Will's team as is right now into making the playoffs. I think that I think they're more than capable of doing that. That's well, we'll see. And I, man, and just on a side note, Carl Anthony Towns, like. Uh, I have huge respect for that guy. I mean, you saw he lost his mother during the, the pandemic and he made that comment about, you know, he's, he's buried several other of his family members during this, this pandemic. And I mean, man, on, and on a side note, man, can you, can you imagine just the, the, if that deal went down and you got hard in a guy who's, who's going around in a pandemic, acting like there's no pandemic playing next to a guy who lost family to the pandemic, like, and I, and I think that's that's such a microcosm of what's going on here in this country right now. Like, just it's people living in different worlds. But but yeah, big respect to Cat, and I hope he I hope he has a huge season. I hope I, 
it, it was tough to watch that interview him talking about um plan where he won't have his mom in the stands anymore and what the season's gonna mean for him but but i i believe it i mean i don't know harden he's a walking playoff berth if you get him on your team you're making it um in my last team i had on here and this is an interesting one this is making its rounds on heat twitter do you give up on hero this early do you give up on none trade a couple pieces like Olenek and Iguodala to make the money work. You still got some picks. Jimmy Butler, James Harden, balling in Miami. How does that sound? It, it sounds pretty good. But Do you take it if you're the Rockets? No. No. I think no. I don't think the Rockets. I don't think the. I am big. I am a big hero guy. I just don't think that the Rockets would take it. And at the end of the day, I think in the long run that's going to benefit benefit Miami not making that move, especially if our boy Giannis makes the move to Miami uh, (laughs) next year. So yeah, an interesting an interesting proposition, no doubt. And it would definitely, it would definitely turn the heads of the Rockets, uh, the Rockets front office. But I yeah. don't think, I, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think that would be a move that they'd be willing to go for. Yeah, you know, all these teams. It, it seems like a lot of teams are are keeping it quiet. You don't hear people making calls because you know, you know, the second that that people are making calls, Houston's gonna leverage that and they're gonna leak it out and it's gonna push the pressure. But I think really their their move here is they're they're gonna push to to try and see what happens. I mean, you that's what you do. You're you're in a you're in an awkward relationship where you don't want to give up on the person. You just keep going. You don't talk about all your problems. You just hope it goes away. And maybe John Wall does something. Maybe Cousins does something. Maybe your guy Christian Wood does something. But I I'm really interested to see how this uh, Harden saga ends. He's got to go through seven more negative COVID tests before he can see the court. So we won't see him play in the Bulls tomorrow. Big help to the Bulls. Might be the only win they get against a Western Conference team. We'll see. But uh, as we're coming to the break here, I'm, I'm going to leave you with a quick little stat about one of these guys we talked about. I, I like to do this every every episode. We're going we're gonna to call it the, the quick maths segment. Quick maths. So we talked about John Wall. We talked about him a couple episodes ago. And uh, for all you listening out there, for you, anyone who's going to talk to you and tell you about how this trade was going to benefit both teams somehow, these players are different. It's true. But uh, listen to this. Over the last five seasons, 78 players have attempted at least 2,000 jumpers. John Wall and Russell Westbrook ranks 77th and 78th among those 78 players in field goal percentage. They are the two most inefficient shooters in the league who takes that many shots. And I'll leave you with that. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll come back right from this break. You know, someone who's pretty close to James Harden, have you talked to him recently and gotten a sense of where his head is at right now? Um, I'm here to speak for PJ Tucker. Hey, you. Yeah, you. You listened this far, whether you fell asleep, left your phone in the other room, or maybe you liked what you heard. So please don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can get our content every week. In the Christmas spirit, we are doing a special giveaway for our day one listeners, and all you have to do is be subscribed to the pod, 
follow us on Twitter at Coast NBA and Instagram at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast for a chance to win. Now, back to the pod. All right, Ronan, I got a question for you. What happened to that guy? We, we got a couple guys we're going to talk about. What happened to that guy? I want to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. Oh! You didn't see that guy coming, right? So no, I did not. You got a beast hiding on the bench, or is he? I don't know. I mean, this, this guy's a hoop mixtape star, five-star recruit. He was top 10 ranked in the country when he was coming into the, into the league, going into college. And I want to talk about some of these players around the league that we've forgotten about. We've definitely forgotten about Dennis Smith Jr. We saw him last year. He's getting benched for Alfred Payton, losing minutes to Frank Nilekina. And we got We Want Frank Chance echoing in the garden. This is definitely not where I expected Dennis Smith Jr. to be. And I think a lot of people have given up on this guy. I'm here to tell you, next year, we're going to see a different Dennis Smith Jr. I think he's going to be a big, big part of your Knicks. And listen, I don't think he's necessarily going to be the star we all thought maybe he was going to be when he got drafted by the Mavericks. And we saw him dunking on Julius Randle when we saw him making these electrifying plays that reminded us of guys like Derrick Rose and Russell Westbrook. Those are the guys we were, we were comparing to in this his first year, but he's had a, a couple of tough years. He really has. That's why you forgot about him. He's averaging 15 points, five assists, four rebounds in his rookie year. And then last season, barely cracking the lineup, playing only like 20 minutes a game, averaged five and a half points a game. Like that's where he is right now. But I mean, the talent is still there and we can make, we don't like to make excuses for everybody. It's not, it's not a good reason to say that people are going to bust out. But I think if we look at his talent, if we look where he was with the Mavs and what happened to him afterwards, you had Luca drafted and that was it. I mean, this guy was out of the rotation on the Mavs. He had no chance to make his way in the league. You can't give up on young point guards like this you just can't they're going to have their inefficiencies but if you have those flashes of talent if you have the athleticism he has and if he can fix his shot and guess we worked with this offseason one of the best shooters of all time Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf if he can siphon off some of his shooting ability if Thibodeau who if I remember correctly was the coach of one of the most transcendent point guards of all time until he got hurt I got Derrick Rose if they can channel the athleticism and the playmaking ability that he still has, I'm not going to bet on the Knicks. Maybe I don't bet on Dennis Smith Jr., but if it works out, I think we're going to remember this top 10 pick this year. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's just been a mental a mental battle for him. I think he I think when it comes down to it, I think he felt a little bit betrayed by the Mavericks. I think after his his great start to to life in the NBA and his great start with uh, with Dallas, and I think he thought he was going to be their guy, and then they get in Luca, and then he's struggling for minutes, and then to top it all off, they're willing to trade him, and I think that really hurt him, and I mean when we when we got him, obviously I was I was just solely focused on being pissed about 
about Porzingis uh, leaving, but I thought we I thought we were going to get a real talent. I thought he was going to be. I don't think he was going to do anything unbelievable for New York, but I thought he was still going to be the best player on the team. But we haven't seen anything close to that. And the Knicks are without doubt a team that are looking for a point guard. And if he can summon the talent that we all know that he has, yeah, I think absolutely he can. He can still have a great career in the NBA and and a big year. Uh, heading into 2020, 2021. Uh, I'm betting you're surprised that I, I pulled out one of your Knicks. I mean, I, I haven't been too high on a lot of your Knicks guys, but I, I, I hope he has a big year. Hope he has a big year. I, I think we'll all remember his name by the end of this one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, my, my, my forgotten talent is actually, I have two guys here. Okay. One of them is actually a Chicago Bull, would you believe? And it's Laurie Markkinen. Yes, sir. I, th- I think... I haven't I forgotten. Lo- <laughs> I know you haven't forgotten, but a lot of people around the... Uh, people who aren't fans of the Bulls have certainly forgotten how good this guy is and how good he can be. I mean, he's had a, he's had a, tough, he had a tough year last year, but when you look at this guy on paper, this guy is unbelievably talented. He's got size, he's got athleticism, he's got a shot. And, I mean, any team in the NBA would love to have this guy. And people kind of went low on him. I think a lot of people were thinking, what the hell are the Bulls even still doing? We're believing this guy should be in their, their starting rotation and stuff. But, I mean, this guy is unbelievably talented. I think 17-18, uh, where he was averaging 18.5 points a game. And I think that was only that was only – grazing off the ceiling of what this guy is capable of doing and I think new coach Billy Donovan going to get the best out of him and he is going to be one of the the three pronged offense that you see coming out of Chicago this year with him him Levine and Kobe White I think he's going to be a key member of that and he's going to push on and, and become a, a 20 and 10 a 20 and 10 baller Absolutely, man. I I can't agree with you enough. I, I think we should end the pod right there. That was, that was my favorite take I've heard you say. <laughs> Listen, man, I am so high on him right now, and I haven't been in a while because he, along with so many other players, were just driven to the ground by Jim Boylan. I mean, he was used. I mean, he looked like a Ryan Anderson out there, and that's not who he is. I mean, they just put him out on the wing as a pick and pop guy, and that was it. I mean, he he didn't see any of the actions that made him great. The action like having him. Um, not just doing a pick and roll, but having him have the ball in his hands, taking advantage of bigs, playing in transition. I mean, putting the offense through him is something that Jim Boylan never did. And you mentioned Billy Donovan, and that's a huge part, is that Danilo Gallinari had one of his best seasons of his career under Billy Donovan. And you saw how he used him not just as a three-point shooter, but got him in the flow of getting mid-range shots, playing pick and pop, and playing pick and roll as, as a ball handler and just having a lot more actions to get him going on offense. And if this isn't the year for Lowry Markkinen, I think we're going to forget about him because I think this is a proven year for him. He's, he's shown he's that talented. We talk about 2018 Lowry Markkinen where he was going off. In February, he was scoring 24 and 12 post-All-Star break. Um, that, was like, that, was, that was like everyone opened their eyes like, wow, this is, this is the talent we have. This could be our guy. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm excited. I'm that's, that was great. Thank you. That, that made my day. 
Yeah, look, both 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 of us do, doing each other, doing each other a solid here again, getting our hopes <laughs> up ahead of the new season. You know, you gotta gotta love that. You gotta love maybe that. Most of our podcast, just a, a Knicks fan and a, and a Bulls fan, reminding each other. Maybe, maybe there's little hope. But maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the other guy I want to talk about is someone who who we've seen play. Uh, hasn't suffered any major injuries, and we we want to. Uh, he's been playing and still being arguably the best player on his team, but. Joel Embiid is a guy that I look I look at as mm-hmm. as a forgotten talent in a way that I think he hasn't even gotten near his ceiling. I mean, we've seen glimpses of it, but this guy is so so talented and I don't think people realize just how unbelievably dominant this guy can be on both ends of the court. I I you know, I see where you're going with that and I like that. I I think Listen, this is the guy who said, and, you know, I half believed him, that he wanted to be the, the, the guy to win an MVP and a defensive player of the year. And I think last year was so difficult for the 76ers. I mean, they barely got a rotation down steady for the whole season. It was just a weird fit with Horford out there, Simmons out there, Harris out there. And I think, you know, he has a chance to do it Right now, he's got a lot of shooters around him. I think that, um, you know, coaching change might help him out a little bit. But we'll see if, if Doc is is going to channel uh, some of his offensive talent in a way that maybe was hidden with uh, with Brett Brown's system. Yeah, you, that's a top five player right now. Right now, no. Capability-wise, yes. And I think maybe after – after this year, I think we could be looking at him as a top five player. I think that I think I'm backing him to be up there. I'm thinking Doc Rivers is going to come in and have a big impact on Joel Embiid. He's going to be able to stay healthy for the year, and he's going to be a guy that you wouldn't. You, I'm not going to say he's going to win MVP, but he's kind of guy you're going to look at his stats and just saying, and it wouldn't be outrageous if this guy ended up winning the MVP, as I think that's how good he can be, and I think. The stats he's capable of putting up, I think he he'd be it'd be fair to have him in the conversation. I don't think he will win it, but it would be fair to have him in the conversation. All right, well let let's let's have that conversation now. We we mentioned a couple of guys. We mentioned Doc Rivers. We mentioned Joel Embiid. We were mentioning MVP, and we got the list of odds right now for all the player awards. Everyone's already speculating. Season's not even started. We haven't played a single minute of basketball. But what we're going to do now is we're going to have our way too early predictions. And for MVP, I don't have Joel Embiid. Definitely not. But I'll 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 go first. I'll go first here. And th- this might be a uh, this might be a pop culture or a, a popular opinion rather. This might not be that different. But I got Luka Doncic. That, that's that's my guy. I I also have Luca. Yeah, Luca. All right, there we go. We're we're, we're agreeing on that. We're right up there. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, too much, that's too much a debate there. So. <laughs> I mean, man, this guy is. And but before before we start, let's. I want to I want to make a wager here. So we're gonna have our predictions here. I say whoever gets the most right wins that bet, and loser. Has to buy the other one, either a virtual beer or you can buy me a jersey. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm pretty confident in my list here. I, I'd, I'd feel bad, but 
I'm, my, okay, my, man, gonna be, yeah. we, all, we all know how things can change over the year, but yeah, yeah. Jer- <laughs> well, Jersey, we'll Jersey for the winner. Let's do it. Both agreeing on this one. Um, Luka Doncic, I mean, I've been just enamored with him since he came into the league, and he's just taken the league by storm. This guy's with 28.8 points, 9.4 rebounds, 8.8 assists, near triple-double last year. And for you nerds out there, he did it on 30.8 for efficiency. And if you don't know what that number means, for reference, that's only behind LeBron James by 0.1 points, behind Harden, and behind Giannis. That's it. He's in top four there. And he's going to be 22 when the season starts. That's outrageous. He's already, but per efficiency and per stats, he's a top five player already. He was already in that VP voting last year. And guess what? He's going to be scoring over 30 points a game this year. Like, there's no doubt about it. And you're asking how he's already this good. His, he was shooting pretty bad from three. He was shooting 31%. And he was taking 10 attempts for a guy this young. You don't always see that. And you talk about how Harden's like this prolific shot maker, shot creator. He's taking these same shots as Harden is at that age already. Once he gets that efficiency down, I mean, it's over. It's over if you can't defend his three. Yeah, no, that's it. That's, that's kind of the, the only thing you look at him. Like, I think everyone knows Luka Doncic is the future face of the NBA. He's ready and waiting to take over from LeBron. And, I mean, the stats he was putting up last year, like a near, near the average in a triple-double with 28, 28.8 points, all this guy has got to do really is bump up the three-point percentage and may and bump up the free throw percentage as well. I think uh, he's got to be he's got to be trying to trying to score mid eighties there because this is a guy that's going to get fouled a lot and he's got to be able to take advantage of it. But I mean, he's at he's at plus four hundred. He's 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 the favorite to be MVP and I can't say that I'm too surprised. I mean, people will question his age, but this guy is just. So supremely talented, and I think 2021 is going to be his year. Yeah, I got. I got to tell you, I, I was a little disappointed when I when I checked the uh, the betting odds because I, I thought I had some uh, some very very interesting information. I, I thought I was ahead of the curve, and no, nope, I guess everyone else knows it. The the league is on notice. Luka Doncic is here. I think he's the best player in the league in two years time, and. Let's talk about him and the Mavs, like, really quick. Like, the additions they already made and Richardson and Johnson improving the wing defense, I mean, that was a major problem for them uh, and staying in games. I mean, it, a, a lot of the Mavs' losses were just losing leads because they, they were just an absolute sieve on defense. You get rid of some negative defenders like they have and you add in a couple guys like that, that's, that's huge. If, if they can make a deeper playoff run too, like, that's going to even do more for – how Doncic is already beginning to, I think, take a foothold in terms of like being the league's star. It's LeBron James until LeBron James leaves, but I, I don't I don't know who else is is getting close in terms of being the face and being this guy. Do, do you have any? But but we're, we're both on Luka Doncic. You, you see this list here. Is, it, is there anyone who's your who's your uh, your dark horse? Anyone who may, might not expect it but could make a leap for? MVP. Ooh. It's 
it's so tough to, to kind of spot a guy so so far out there because I mean you look at it and you're kind of kind of always like yeah you look at the top five you're like yeah surely it's gonna have to be one of them so I mean other than RJ Barrett uh, I don't really know who's gonna <laughs> like that hugely <laughs> all right we're, we're gonna we're gonna have to recycle some of these uh these next things <laughs> I, it's this year. I mean, we're both high on Luka Doncic, but the MVP race in general is going to be really interesting because you got a couple of guys coming back into the fold. You got Steph Curry coming back. I think he's going to have a resurgent year. Kevin Durant, I want to see him play in a game before I start talking about him making a return. But if he's as advertised, I mean, that's that's a bona fide MVP candidate right there. Giannis isn't slowing down. LeBron James, if he plays enough games, I don't think he will. I don't, it it, de- it depends on him. Uh, you see this yeah, new I, NBA rule out about like having your stars play, but I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think there's any point in, in even talking about LeBron anymore because I, I don't think people want him to win MVP anymore. It's been a while though. I, I mean, the voter yeah. fatigue is over, right? He should have won it, like, I, it, three seasons. It, it, yeah, he, yeah, but he, yeah, that's that's the thing. He, he he definitely should have been up there. He definitely probably should. He should have won last year, I think. But I think that just plays to it. I think people are trying to move it on to to to, to new faces. And I think you still look at Giannis. And I mean, he's he's gone done back to back. But I mean, no one's done three in a row since Larry Bird. I mean, if LeBron couldn't do it, um, Jordan couldn't do it, uh, Kobe couldn't do it. I think. Surely Yanis ain't gonna do it either. True. A lot of people are talking about this. True. Well, we, you were you mentioned your uh, your dark horse MVP R.J. Barrett. I want I want to talk about Rookie of the Year. Can you tell me how many uh, votes R.J. Barrett got? Zero. Zero? No, 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 no. He, he got he got one. He got one vote this year, and it was for third place. Uh, which comes behind Terrence Davis of the Raptors, who got two. So unfortunately, he did come dead last in, in Rookie of the Year voting. Hopefully, that that's not really reflective of how this year goes. But uh, Rookie of the Year, we've had some really interesting, fun Rookie of the Year races these last few years. Obviously, this year you had John Morant, who's just injected the league with with excitement to have a, a dynamic point guard like that, and. Kendrick Nunn, who who just had really, really amazing flashes. It didn't last, I don't think. And then Zion, obviously, who I think if he played the whole year, that, that would have been your rookie of the year. And then you had the year before that, you had Luca, you had Trey, Aiton. Year before that, you had, well, Simmons, who was actually the rookie of the year. That, that's that's still probably being debated somewhere deep in, in 76's Reddit. But then Mitchell, Tatum. I mean, these last few years have been really, really good. And then this year, it's kind of like a it's a crapshoot, just like the draft was. Like I, I, I look at it, and I'm I wasn't really positive on who I'm gonna put my put my money on. And who do you got? What, what are you confident about this? I I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I want to take the easy road here. I'm going I'm going with Lamelo Ball because. I think he's in the easiest position to win. I think he's going into a team where there's not much pressure. I think people are looking to him to be this great guy, this great player. And I think once he either has 
a solid scoring year or a, so- a year where he's able to create big moments for his teammates on a consistent basis, I think that he will be the uh, rookie of the year. Really? You better hope he shoots a little better than 21% from three. Uh, yeah, that, that 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 would be a that would be would be a one concern anyway, and <laughs> of of possibly many. But I think um, I think there's a lot of question marks still about the mellow ball. But I think he's in the best position to win. I think people want him to win because people want to see him succeed and and show what we've been hearing that this guy can be. So I think if he can just show it, even if he doesn't show it at 100, I think he will still be in a great position to to win it, and and I think that's why he will be the rookie of the year. So I, I think I, I agree with you. I, I agree. He's, I mean, he's going to have an instant impact on a lot of these these young guys around him and playmaking, pushing the pace, and just, I mean, he's going to be a highlight reel for, for passes. I mean, you're, we're going to have a, a top 20 LaMelo ball uh, dimes by the time we're at the All-Star break. We're going to have some great highlights from him. So maybe maybe he's a flashy enough playmaker to really uh, to get the league going, but I, I think his his offense is going to be tough to to convince a lot of people. And uh, I I, pro- I promise I'm not I'm not pandering right now, but uh, your guy Obi, that's who I got. Obi Toppin. I think he's he's my favorite to win this, and I'm putting my money on him because man, this guy is just the prototypical rookie of the year. He's a highlight reel. He's got insane, insane hops. I mean, he's going to be putting down thunderous dunks that are going to get people to their feet. Well, maybe at home. No one's going to be at the crowd. But he's going to be an exciting player to watch. And you got a, a team like the Knicks that are just begging to have some star player. He's not going to be a star player, but he's going to put up some, some big numbers in his first year. Cause, I mean, he's, he's got everything you want in terms of an offensive player, you can shoot the three, he can play off the pick and roll and he's going to hit the lanes like a wide receiver. I mean, this guy is going to give you all the content you think you'd get from a rookie of the year. You think about how Zion was so exciting in college. I mean, I don't think Obi Toppin got enough coverage. I mean, you, you love what you see from Zion. You're getting a lot of that on offense from, from Obi. You got the chase down blocks too. I think he's going to really get people excited and my money's on him, man. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good shift, especially you think he's uh, he's 22 as well, which is uh which I mean, he, he, he's fully developed. He, he's ready. He's, he's NBA ready. I mean, you're not going to be worrying about, about, about the physical demands or anything. And yeah, like you say, he's a highlight real type of player. I mean, that's, that's a guy who's going to get noticed and that's a guy who's going to get votes. I think, yeah, I think I think he's a great shout. I mean, Lamelo's still my guy, and he's actually the favorite with the with the uh, with the bookmakers too. So uh, I don't that, know. That, yeah, that, that, that's your guy, man. That's a bad look. Yeah, no, it, it, <laughs> it could be. It's, it, it's going to be interesting to watch though. Uh, in terms of an outside shout uh, for rookie of the year, I'm looking at Cole Anthony. Interesting. He's a guy that is way out there. He's at plus forty five hundred, so forty forty five to one for all, for all uh, for all you people in Ireland looking at the betting odds. And I think, giving the circumstances, and if it, if he plays and he puts up what he is capable of, I think he could he he is very much worth 
very much worth a, a little punt out of those odds. Yeah, I'm looking at these. I, I don't know if I have a, I don't know if I have a sleeper here. I, Killian Hayes doesn't count though. I mean, he's he, what I'm looking at. He's plus 800. I mean, he's he's right there with with Wiseman. He's right there with with kind of Edwards almost. Maybe maybe that doesn't count. But I I honestly, when I look at Lamelo Ball and I look at Killian Hayes you see they're going to be given the keys immediately. They're both dynamic playmakers. Um, I think if, if they can both figure out their shot, that's, that's the thing with them. If they can figure out how to shoot in the NBA, when you got fat, you got closeouts that are going to be faster than they've dealt with before. You're going to have more physical defense. You're going to have people gaming for you every night the way they haven't had before. Uh, well, we'll see. Always my guy though. Always my guy. Let's yeah, move I'm, to the I'm, I'm more than happy for Obi to be the guy. Yeah, I know you will. That, that <laughs> might be the only reward we uh, we get from out of New York this year. Defensive player of the year. A lot of people are just doubling down on Gobert again, doubling down on Davis again, Giannis again. I'm all in on Bam. Give me all the Bam stock. Defensive player of the year from him. He was all defense, second team this year. Um, and, you know, defensive – Defensive stats are tough. It's, it's tough to kind of quantify someone's impact. A lot of it's by the eye test. I mean, you could talk about you had one and a half steals and blocks per game, one and a half steals and one and a half blocks per game. Um, but that really doesn't tell the whole story. Um, and we told you in the intro, we're, we're going to talk about some advanced stats. We'll keep it simple here. There's this stat called DPS. It's called defensive point saved. It's really simple. It's basically you aggregate the amount of points that a player saves from being scored and when you look at that impact that he's had, he ranks second only to 2018 MVP Giannis. That's, that's it. Higher than Gobert, higher than Anthony Davis, six-time All-Star Anthony Davis, Defensive Player of the Year Anthony Davis, better than that. And, I mean, when you look at him on the court, I mean, he's a demon. I mean, he defends every position, and he defends him at an elite level. And you saw it in the playoffs too, right? You saw him go against the Magic. I mean, he exposed Vucevic. Vucevic couldn't post up on him and score. Vucevic looked terrible out there. Physicality, look at him playing with Giannis. He went toe-to-toe with him, the guy who no one wants to get in front of in a fast break. And then you talk about how he has the versatility to defend every position. And he played against the Celtics. He switched on to Kembo. He switched on to Tatum. He switched on to Brown. And he he's... The, the way that we looked at, like, Draymond Green, how he was defending every position, I don't think we're giving Bam enough credit how he's doing what, what Draymond Green did, but at, like, a superstar level. He needs that credit. Yeah, I think, uh, I think it's going to be another year of people probably ignoring just how good Bam is on the defensive end. I think, I think this year might, 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 might be just a year too short for him. I, I, I've gone with... I've gone with AD again. I don't like that all three of my picks so far have been have all been the favorites. <laughs> uh, but AD, I mean, he will want it. I think after last year, I think he believes he deserved it, to win it, and I think I think he deserved to win it as well. So I think that's already going to put him in a position. Uh, I think pe- the, the the voting and the vote casters will look at it as well and, and kind of say, yeah, he probably should have got it last year. So I think that's already kind of given him a little advantage, and I think that davis is going to put up the if not the same numbers he's got he, he could he could even take it to it to a higher level now this year so i think he's still the guy i do i love what you say about bam i look like bam 
super talented guy and you, yeah you watch his versatility on defense it's uh kind of something you don't see too often out of big guys but he has it in abundance and I believe he will win a defensive player year I just think this year is going to going to be uh going to be a bit early for him I think I think that I mean AD is going to be pushing for MVP and I think I mean I'm I'm trying to convince myself out of it because I mean you make I mean Davis is always going to be right up there but just to counter your point, I, I think I think Davis, if he depends what he plays. They they got Marcus all there, but they did get rid of uh McGee and they got rid of Howard. So it depends on how how often he's gonna be playing the five. When he plays the five, I mean he's he's his defensive impact is so much more than when he's playing the four out there on the wing. It's well, we'll see. I my again, I'm buying that BAM stock. I promise you he's gonna show it this year if and I think that the, I wonder what it comes down to in terms of, of voting. Like, what are, what are people looking at? What what impacts people making? Um, but the impacts. I was just talking about a Heat favorite impact that Coach Eric Spolstra has. I'm talking about Coach Thea right now. I'm talking to Eric Spolstra. Give this man a Coach of the Year. It's been too long. Enough of the casual takes about his championships just being from LeBron, just being from Bosh, Wade, whatever. Give him the award he deserves. It's been too long. Yeah, I mean that, that that that's totally fair. I mean, I think it's it's crazy that he hasn't won one given the success that he's had and the continued success over such a long period. I mean, looking at looking at Coach of the Year, the craziest thing is Steve Nash is the favorite to be okay, Coach of thank the you. Year. Thank you. I, I was what I was the hell you're gonna come out of the Rex and then say Steve Nash. Why is he at the top, whoever bets on that is insane, insane. No, I don't. I I can't. I can't think of that. That's that's purely. That has nothing to do with coaching. That purely is the fact that they're thinking. So Kyrie, KD are going to come back and they're going to ball out. They're 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 bona fide ballers. I mean, what the hell does that have to do with his coaching? I mean, Actually, of course, you, team, you know team record comes down to it, but. What I think it is, so when it comes down to who wins, it's the coaches who vote, right? <laughs> I think anyone who looks at the Nets, if they have success, all the coaches are going to be like, good job dealing with uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving. That, I mean, he, I think, to be honest, I think Steve Nash deserves a Coach of the Year award right now for signing up for the job to coach those two head cases, honestly. <laughs> so why don't we give it up and give it to him right now? But just back to back to Spolish. I want to talk about actual coach who's actually been doing something. If, if Spolstra, man, like he has done what I, I think is is you don't see a lot in the league. You, you see a guy who has won with superstars, has dealt with this this type of stigma that oh he's just a superstars coach. He does he hasn't really done much. He in the playoffs is the fourth most winningest coach ever in history. I mean, you, you got to give him credit. I mean, when it comes to the playoffs, it's not, we're not talking about regular season. We're talking about the playoffs. Yes, you rely on your superstar players. You got to do that. But we always are harping on coaches, how their rotations matter, how their defensive game plans matter, how everything matters in terms of system when it comes to the playoffs. And Spolstra has proven it. I mean, he's that guy. He's, he's a fiend when it comes to going into film that's where he came from. He came all the way from the bottom, all the way to the top. 
And look what he did last year. He dismantled the Eastern Conference in the playoffs. Nobody saw that coming. And a lot of that culture that we talk about from the Heat, yes, that's Pat Riley. But that Pat Riley chose his guy, and that's Eric Spolcher. That That's the guy who's created that culture. He's built that, and Jimmy Butler joined it. Jimmy Butler, that he's – we look at him as, like, the heart of the Heat. I mean, that's the culture that, that Spolcher made. That's culture of BAM. That's culture of guys like Duncan Robinson – and Tyler Hero, all these other discarded players coming into the fold, making an impact. That's that's from coaching. Yeah, no, I, I, I 100% agree with you. I mean, Spolcher, the only reason that he might not get it is just because it's been so long. It's like, what, what the hell's the difference now? This guy's been doing it consistently for so long, and somehow he does not have a coach of the year award. That's the only that's the only reason that I would go against I go against Eric Spolcher. It's just that he's been doing it for so long. People are kind of like people don't even notice it anymore. I mean, his ability is is just it's 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 almost unrivaled in the league today. I mean, his ability to develop young players, uh, bring stars together, and transition his team within games to make them better and give them a bet the best chance of winning certain games is just so so impressive and. I'm actually rooting for you this year. I have not gone for for Spolcia, but <laughs> I, I I hope I hope you're right because I'm a huge I'm a huge Spolcia guy, and I think it's it's crazy that he has not won won a Coach of the Year award. And I th- I hope after his success last year, I hope he can they build on that this year. And I think because it was such a crazy thing of how he did so well, I think I hope I hope he's there on 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 other coaches' minds there right up there at the top, especially if they kick on again. Over the yeah. my pick. I'm looking. I'm looking at two guys in particular. I'm looking at guys that are both both level in in terms of uh, betting odds. I'm looking at Rick Carlisle at Dallas, and I'm looking at Monty Williams in Phoenix. Interesting. Those were my two other guys I was really looking at. But you can't pick two. You can't bet on two. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Rick Carlisle. I think. I think Dallas are gonna have a huge year. And I think he is going to be at the heart of that. Um, obviously, it was huge for them getting back to the playoffs last year. And the way Luca continues to develop, and I think big thing, it, obviously, obviously, you talk about his ability to coach in that, but having his players on the court is a big thing too. And he's got he's got a he's got a fully fit KP and Luca. I think he's going to put him in a great position to to win Coach of the Year, and I think he's shown a, a great ability. Like he's he's doing really good work with his Dallas team, and I think this year they're really going to come out of the blocks early. And they I think they're going to be right up there with a, a in the top. I'm going to say top top four, top five of of the Western Conference. Yeah, that's that's a good one. That's a good one, and I think I'm I've been buying a lot of Luca stock. I'm buying Mav stock. I think they're going to be huge this year. If if all that is true, and I, I think that can definitely push him into that contention for a coach of the year. And last time that we had a 22-year-old MVP and a coach of the year, Derek Rose, Tom Thibodeau. There's that connection. I like that. And we we mentioning a uh, a penny stock here. Who's who's the least likely who but who could actually win it? I want to throw my guy Billy Donovan out there. Billy Donovan right now is at a plus twenty eight hundred. He's almost at the bottom of this list. 
I'm looking at him below a guy, Nate Bjorkren. I don't even know who that is. Is that a new coach? Mm-hmm. Who was that? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't even know who that I'm is. Like, what the hell is going on there? Billy Donovan. He look at what he did with the the Thunder. He was in contention for Coach of the Year this year for getting the Thunder into the playoffs. He's been known for getting the most out of his players. All the Bulls have been talking about how he's changing the system, how it's making it better for them. It's actually using their talents. And everyone's going to rag on the Bulls. Everyone's going to talk about how bad they were. But I don't think a lot of people are going to argue with the raw talent that exists on this team. So you bring in a guy like Donovan. If he can bring the Bulls to their first playoff appearance since 2017, and remember this is a playoff, uh, expanded playoff uh, format. You can play in. You don't. You don't have to just get that eight seed. You can find your. You can fight your way in if if you're close. If he can do that, he has a very good chance of winning it. That that's my that's my dark horse bet there. Yeah, I I, I definitely like that pick. I, I was actually the only reason I wasn't even thinking about him was because I actually thought that he, I forgot that he didn't win it last year. <laughs> I He's forgot good. it was Nick Nurse because he yeah. had he had such he had such a great year. I, I I actually thought that he was coach of the year last year. That's why I didn't get. <laughs> He wouldn't be in, in the talk of it. But, yeah, I think if you're looking for an outside bet, I think he's, he's 100% the guy to go for. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. with you on that one now. I, all right, we got, we got two more awards to go here. We're hitting an hour, so I, let's, let's run through these. Uh, what one that's – I want to end with most improved. So I want to I hit up the second to last award here. Sixth man of the year. Is it going to be Lou again? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. I think uh, Lou's time is over. I think he, I've, the reason I'm gonna say it is, I, I mean, Lou Williams. What, what, what was Lou Williams? Lou Williams was a guy that they literally started on the bench just so he could win Sixth Man of the Year. I mean, you look at the minutes that he was playing. He was playing more minutes than so many starters this, around the league. This is the guy who literally named his child Six. He's very serious about this. <laughs> I guess he doesn't have that much faith in himself that he thinks he can't win anything else. He's like, I, I want to win some awards, so I guess I'll just go from this every year, yeah? Uh, I'm sixth. It's going to be interesting because there's a lot, of go- a lot of rosters where you don't know. You don't know who's going to be starting. I mean, there's certain teams where you know that they're, who, who their main bench guys are, but from, from where I'm looking, I mean... One guy I would look out for is is Tyler Hero. Uh, if he is coming off the bench again, I think for for six man, I think uh, he he he'd be a guy I'd be looking at. I, was I don't think. Do you think he's not going to start? No, no, no. I, I I think I I think he will be a starter this year uh, at least a lot more consistently than he was last year. I'm just saying if if it works out that they they uh, stick to sort of the same rotation as last year, I think he would be a shout. So who's who's your man? I I don't know. I I I did not I did not think about about, about six man. I was looking at most improved and and, and scoring champ. Oh, I'm I'm picturing the jersey in my head. I think I'll take a Michael Jordan 2020 <laughs> City Edition. That'd be a nice addition for me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that it, I'm sure that it would. All right. Well, maybe maybe you give me your pick, and I'll I'll, I'll keep thinking about it. How about this? We'll we'll come. I'll I'll let you simmer on that. I'll let you simmer on that. I'll I'll talk about my guy. 
Danilo Gallinari. He's only at plus 2,000. He, you could consider him also a dark horse candidate for this award. Um, as we're talking about this, you got Lou Williams, Dennis Ruder, Jordan Clarkson, Montrez Harold, Davis Berton, Spencer Din Dinwiddie, Tyler Hero on this list here. Danilo Gallinari is going to the Hawks, as we know. He's going to be very expensive six-man if he does end up winning his contract at three years, 61 mil. Um, but he's already talked about coming off the bench. He's already ready to, to play that role. We talked at length about how dynamic this Hawks team is going to be. Talked about how much spacing he's going to provide, how much better the, the Hawks are going to get because of it. And just talking about Danilo Gallinari as a player, I mean, this is a guy who has really quietly been one of the best offensive wings in the league for the past three years. I mean, he does it all. He shoots threes, especially above the break, one of the best three-point shooters above the break in the league. Post, post up smaller wings that you put on him. He can play pick and roll both as a, the popper and as a ball handler. I mean, he's going to do so much for this Atlanta team and his impact beyond his stats this year is hopefully for the Hawks fans, at least out there is to bring Atlanta to the playoffs. That's what they brought him in there for his impact on this team definitely is going to push them further in contention for a playoff spot. And if he does that, and if he's still putting up the, the, the stats he's been putting up consistently, I think he's definitely a, a safe bet in my mind for six man of the year. That's a pretty good bet. Plus 2000. I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not the, the most educated person on how bets work, but I, I'd imagine you make pretty good money on that. Yeah. I mean, I think that, 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 that would be a good, that'd be definitely a good guy to go. I think uh, the style of the team as well suits. Uh, I mean, you often look, you often look at six man of the year. It, it it regularly comes from teams that kind of surprised that year and made a playoff push that sort of way. I feel like that's that's an area that it kind of usually comes from. And that's, how, yeah, so Gallinari, I think one thing is it's huge to have a guy like him coming off the bench. And if he can have the impact that the Hawks expect him to have, I think, yeah, he, he, he's got to be, he's got to be right up there uh, when, when, when it comes to the voting. Um, I've thought about it, and as a guy you mentioned, I've, I'm going to go Spencer Dinwiddie. I think I like this that. is a guy that would start without doubt in a number of teams in the NBA. He's 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 mega talented, and I think he's going to be huge coming off the bench for this Brooklyn team this year. I think everyone's expecting them to have a huge bounce back year after a year without their, their two stars basically for the entire, they had no KD all year and they're miss, missing on uh, Kyrie for, for the majority. And I think, I think Spencer Dinwiddie is super talented. He, he's probably going to be leaving the offense uh, off the bench um, for the most part. Anyway, uh, when, when, when he's, uh, when Kyrie and Levert are not on the floor and, I'm, I'm a big Spencer Dinwiddie guy. And I think if he's coming off the bench, he is going to, take that role and run with it. And he's going to show, he's still going to show his best self and have, have another huge year in Brooklyn. I kind of like the strategy you got going on. You're, you're betting, you're betting on the teams and you're choosing those players from those teams. You got your guy, Carlisle, the Mavs. Now you got your guy, Dinwiddie from the Nets. Well played. Well played. So this last word here, this is actually my favorite one every year. You know, MVP is so political sometimes and six man of the year is sometimes a little subjective. But most improved player, I think, is one of the coolest awards. Maybe I'm biased. I like I like how uh, 
you, you have my guy Jimmy Butler up there. You got your Jimmy Butlers. You got your Pascal Siakams. Who's going to be the next Jimmy Butler, Pascal Siakam? Give me your guy. I got Tyler Hero at this spot. I think this guy's ceiling is so high. I think it would be a little bit crazy for for a second year star to to, to get get the award as most improved. Does don't I don't know if it's ever happened. It definitely doesn't happen too often. But I think this guy has barely scratched the surface of his ceiling, and he was averaging around fourteen points last year. I think he comes in as a starter this year. He he boosts up his efficiency. He gets a bit more time with the ball in his hands. I think this is a guy who's going to be got to be expecting to uh, to get up to, to 20, 21 points a game. And if he can do that and have a, probably a bigger impact, I suppose, uh, compared to when he was coming off the bench last year. But this it still has a huge positive impact on the Miami team. And they, uh, they build on what they did last year with him in the starting lineup. I think he's going to be right up there. And I think... He's he's a bit of bit bit of an outside shout. He's certainly in the conversation when you look at at, at certain players because I think he's a kind of guy that he was coming off the bench last year, but most people thought he probably should have been starting, and that's why I'm expecting him to have a big sophomore year in the NBA, and I'm expecting him to bump up that stat sheet that uh, that he had last year. Man, he's he's such an interesting prospect for me right now. I mean, I. I saw how he played last year, and like so many times at, at certain points in the in the season, especially in the playoffs, I'd be like, "All right, this is this is just under the flash." You saw that with Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn, he, he showed off his offensive talent that it kind of went away here and there. But man, he was so consistent. Like he consistently kept getting better, and he didn't dip down. I mean, his stock's only going up. And I actually like that pick. I mean, it's funny you see a lot of a lot of people on this list that. Are, that remind you of something. You have him, Tyler Hero. You got Devin Booker on this list too. So I guess some people are, are betting on him going from star to superstar here. And then you got PJ Washington on this list. You got Shea Gilgis Alexander on this list. And then you got a guy like Jamal Murray. All Kentucky products. Kentucky products littering this list. And at the top of it, I got to go with, with uh, the best odds. It's undeniable for me. Jamal Murray is going to win this award. This is right now, this is his award to lose. You saw him in the playoffs, right? That guy was on fire. This guy put on, I th- like, I can't remember the last the show I've seen like that. The moves he was making, the 360 layups, the Jordan layups, the step back threes, the pull up jumpers, the defensive play. Like, he was all over the court. And in my mind, I saw that and I was like, this is, this is the craziest I've ever seen. I mean, obviously, I've ever seen Jamal Murray play. He's playing out of his mind. No way this is going to happen again. And that, that's honestly been my thought process this whole time. Like, he's not going to do that again next year. You dig into the numbers. A lot of interesting stuff with the numbers. So you ask, is this sustainable? Is playoff Jamal Murray sustainable? And I think the answer to that is yes. And if the answer to that is yes, he is absolutely going to win this award. So what he did to get better, I mean, his, his field goal attempts at the rim – went from 21% to 25.4%. That's huge. Getting to the rim, it's just more efficient. He's changed his game a little bit. You saw over the years, he's been a little bit tentative getting to the rim and his efficiency has gotten a lot better outside of there. He was shooting 39.1% out of the restricted area. 
last year, he bumped that all the way up to 51%. That's a massive difference. And his shooting at the rim went from 62.3% to 65.9%. These are little marginal things, but when you start to aggregate it, it all paints the picture that we saw. He was much more confident finishing the paint, and he took smarter shots. He's not taking a lot, a lot of the issues that we saw with Jamal Murray. Is he would be up and down, and it would be because of the shots he was taking. He'd have an up game because he'd be taking a million shots, and some of them go in, and then the next game, inefficiency again. But you saw how this worked in the playoffs. In seven-game series, twice. And who do you do it against? Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Kawhi Leonard, Patrick Beverly, who's the guard killer everyone wants to think, and Paul George. He did it on the biggest, brightest stage, and I think he wins most improved player. We'll see what the limit is on this, but who knows if he breaks into stardom, but most improved player, I think that's his lose right now. That's my pick. Yeah, I, t- I, I, I totally agree with you. I think he, uh, in everyone's head, they've already got him winning that award this year after what he produced in the bubble. And I just, the only reason I wouldn't go for him is just sometimes you see guys and they, they're only going to ever be a certain level, but then they have these short little moments where they just go to a different level and become a superstar for, they're just in, to just get, they just get in that zone and they're the guy, but when they fall out of that zone, they kind of just, they're kind of done. That's that's what I'm thinking about with Murray. The fact yeah, that, that is the, pre- moment, huh? the pressure is not going to be on him as much. And he also look at Michael Porter Jr. I think uh, he he's probably the second favorite to win it. He's going to have a bigger year this year. And how's that going to impact Jamal Murray? Don't get me wrong. Jamal Murray in the playoffs, I mean... That was that was like one of the greatest surprises I've had in 2020. Hasn't been too many positive things about 2020. Jamal Murray playing in the bubble, that was one of them. And I hope this guy can continue that this year. I would love for him to win most improved and to, to impact this this Denver team another way. I just I just don't I just think he's gonna slump back into mediocrity uh, uh come, come the new season. I wholeheartedly reject that, but I know you got to say that because because uh, Tyler Hero is a tough bet for you. Maybe maybe we should be uh, maybe we should have these as like graded graded uh, bets because that's just not fair. Tyler Hero versus Jamal Murray, you're just you're killing yourself there to be honest. <laughs> but I, hey, I got a guy. It's here. a long season. We'll see. <laughs> I got a penny stock. This is my last guy. And and for listeners who've stayed on with us this long, again, thank you for uh, for staying on. And this is the deep analysis that we promise you every episode christian wood we're going to talk about guys like christian wood on this podcast christian wood's your dark horse most improved proved player of the year and what's my stat to prove it he was among guys like anthony davis montrez harrell rudy gobert and demontis sabonis who are your prototypical pick and roll bigs that dominate the league in that aspect he was among them in points scored as the role man. That's kind of like an obscure stat, you'd think, right? That's nothing, anything much. But then you realize he was doing that in barely 20 minutes per game. He's going to be a starter in the Rockets. And who is he going to be doing pick and roll with? James Harden. Who knows? <laughs> Clint Capella got that big contract from that. 
became the, this uh, this darling of the league for being this pick and, elite pick and roll player. If Christian Wood is that guy, that's your dark horse most proved player. Right now he's at a plus 2,800. He's all the way on the bottom of that list. Make your money while you can. I think that's a good shot. I'm, I'm going to throw another dark horse there. I don't even think he's in the conversation at all because his team is still that bad. But a guy that I would look at is Colin Sexton. Really? This is a guy that he, he's got a lot of potential. This is, his, this is a break, make or break year for him. I mean, if you look purely from a scoring Scoring and creativity, those are the two big things you level with this guy. He bumped up his scoring 16 points a game up to 21 points a game in his second season. I think he bumps that up again and he becomes more creative, which is what what this this Cleveland team thought they were getting. I mean, this is a guy, he, he probably won't end up in the conversation, but I think this guy is super talented. And if he can break through this year, I think he could be a guy that's in the conversation. Only problem is his team is just that bad that <laughs> it, it'll, it'll be, even if, he, even if he's hitting 30 points a game, he probably still won't be in the conversation. <laughs> Man, I'll, I don't know how I feel about the young ball, but. I just need him to get rid of that little that little ponytail. It'll be mo- that'll be the most improved part about his game if he can just get rid of that <laughs> little Padawan look. I'm I'm done with that. But man, we unpacked a lot there. We got through all our predictions. We'll see who comes out on top at the end of the year. We're gonna keep these. We're gonna keep receipts, and uh, I'm gonna let you know what jersey I'm picking out by the end of the season. <laughs> and guys. Thank you for staying on, for listening. Thank you for, for beginning this journey here with us. The NBA starts tomorrow, and we'll be back to make some ridiculous analysis off some meaningless preseason games. We'll see how many other clubs Harden goes to. We'll see what other sad comments Paul George has to make about not being good anymore. But a lot's going to happen over the next few weeks as the NBA starts back up. Man, I'm excited to jump back into it. And it's going to be awesome. And final word from me on the first episode. Outside show for scoring champ this year, Devin Booker. 12 oh, to 1 plus 1,200. Look at that guy. He's finally playing in a big team. Look at look at Devin Booker. This guy's having a huge year. All right. Well, you have you. I made, I made you do an on-the-spot bet there for, for six man of the year. So it's only fair that I do the same thing. And I already got the guy in my head. He's there somewhere, and I, I think I think you're going to see Steph Curry get it. I got Steph Curry. I, I don't even have to look at it. I know Steph Curry is going to be going off this year. He's not going to win anything, but it's going champ. Heard it here. I'll record it, and we'll see what happens. Can't wait. All right, man. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And don't forget, subscribe, leave a review, follow us on social media. We'll leave those in the, the outro. Take care. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.